today I just got to talk about Bernie Sanders and his comments about Cuba. So it's not going to be all about Bernie Sanders. It's just the idea that he could be exalting the Cuban system, which my family suffered under and so many people have suffered. And so many people have lost their lives actually trying to get to the United States because Cuba is a mess. Cuba is a communist, socialist, hot mess. And the messaging that comes out of there and the messaging that you hear from Bernie Sanders is just lies. And I can tell you this from personal experience. You know, I've never, I've never been to Cuba. My mother came in the 1960s on the Johnson Freedom Flights with her family. Uh, that was my grandmother. God rest her soul. She died at 102. She was amazing and uh, such a remarkable woman. And other sisters and brothers that were with my mother that came here to the United States and were so blessed because we had this beautiful family that sponsored us. And uh, my mother was in California. So late 1960s, they came through Florida that on the Johnson Freedom Flights, then left Florida and went to California. And she worked so hard. Uh, she always told me stories about how she only left Cuba with like a small little bag basically a few pictures and one article of clothing and a pair of shoes that didn't even fit her that well. And when she arrived in California, my mother said the first thing she did was look for a job and learn how to speak English, try to find somebody who could help her to learn how to speak English. And um, she went to a thrift store and actually bought a pair of old shoes. There was none there that fit her, and she they were small, so she had to cut the back end of the shoe off so that she could just fit her feet in them. And then she walked with her sister to find jobs. And uh, so this is the life of the immigrant. And let me tell you this. She was extraordinarily grateful. Whenever you would ask my mother, people would say, well, where are you from? She would say, oh, I'm American. I'm, I might have been born in Cuba, but I'm an American citizen. I'm not Cuban. And she made that very clear. And the reason is, is that for people who come to this great nation and have to leave their own home country, imagine having to be uprooted from what you know and end up in a place where you don't speak the language, where the people are strangers, where you don't understand what's going on around you. It's a very, very difficult choice and decision. The food is different. The people are different. Your life is different. Well, Bernie Sanders had a lot to say about Cuba, and it caused a huge uproar uh, this past month, you know, and uh, there's a lot of young people out there with Che Guevara T-shirts and, you know, touting Fidel Castro and the revolution. Well, the revolution destroyed so many lives and destroyed the beautiful island nation of Cuba. They were murderers. That's what they were. They weren't revolutionaries. They lied to the Cuban people. You know, Fidel Castro, my mother said she remembers one, she remembered actually one time uh, where they were at a rally in Cuba and uh, Fidel and Che Guevara were there. And she was very young and she remembered seeing them and she remembered her father, my grandfather, telling her Fidel was promising people that he would have elections, that there would be elections. Uh, made a bunch of big promises to the Cuban people. You know, really, of course, bashed the Batista government, which was by no means perfect. 
but then prom made all these grandiose promises. And she said, my grandfather told her, don't listen to that. He's lying to you. Those promises are full of lies. Well, so is what Bernie Sanders said about Cuban health care. It is not all it's cut out to be. In fact, one of my mother's sisters, Yolanda, who could not leave Cuba in the late 60s. She was older. She was married. Um, she couldn't leave. She had a child. She died in the waiting room from pneumonia because she could not get in to see a doctor. So maybe if you go in there with money, maybe if you're a foreigner, you might be able to get in to see a doctor, maybe. But let me tell you, the Cuban system is not set up. The socialist system is not set up, one, for innovation. Doctors don't even feel the need half the time to even get in to go to work. And many people are left in waiting rooms, just sitting there waiting for a doctor. But I wonder to myself, how did it happen? How is it that we live in this amazing nation where freedom, by the way, freedom is what's cool. There is nothing cool about somebody paying for everything, which you're paying for anyways because it comes out of your taxes. There is no such thing as Medicare for all and everybody's going to be fine and dandy because we see what happened even with Obama, you know, the Obama administration, the health care issues that were that we were dealing with when when that all switched up. I mean, look at what the government runs. It runs a website. It's completely topsy turvy. Can't even get that to work. But you're asking the government to now take charge of all of your health. And believe me, that's that's not going to work. It's you got to be able to have choice and you have to be able to have innovation and innovation comes with freedom. It comes with capitalism. It's being able to select doctors. It's doctors competing. It's pharmaceutical companies competing for the best products to help us, the American people. And and just simply put, freedom is cool. Whoever walks around with a Che Guevara T-shirt and a Fidel Castro T-shirt or a Stalin shirt, or, you know, they're trying to tout these systems of government that are communist or socialist. Just look at what happened to Venezuela. Look at what's happening to Cuba today. Look at what happened to the Soviet Union, right? Look at what's going on in our world. There is nothing cool about a government controlling your life. There is nothing cool about the government basically owning you because that's what they're doing. So when they give you handouts, when they promise you all of this, you know, oh, we're going to give you more food stamps. We're going to give you health care. We're going to, they're not giving you anything. They are owning you. If you want freedom, you got to work hard for it. And then it gives back tenfold. You know, I always wonder, like in the school systems, when they're teaching in the universities and they blame America for everything, uh, it's just incredible how many professors, you know, are, are so leftist. Uh, you know, they believe in Marxism, Leninism, uh, how they teach, how they've changed the minds of so many young people. And it's sad to me. I have to take a step back and say, well, what's happening here in our country? How did this happen? Were we asleep while they were teaching our kids this stuff? 
I'm just I mean, thinking back to when we were all in high school and we all right. had our parents paying for the things that we needed and wanted. Right. And what it was the only thing that we really wanted? Freedom. That's it. Simple freedom. That's it in high school, right? So your your parents are like, well, <laughs> that car is mine. I pay for that. You live under my roof. And everybody's like, well, wait a minute. I just can't wait to move out. I can't wait to go to college. I can't wait to get a job, you know, because essentially, individually, that's all we want is freedom. So why give that away? Why buy into this? And what happened where we're not talking about how great and amazing and cool freedom is, right? Where somebody like Bernie Sanders, granted, he would be an interesting conversation. I'm not saying that we shouldn't, you know, sit down and talk. But where somebody like Bernie Sanders can surge, can surge in the Democratic Party the way he has. And the, 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 the idea that there are so many young Americans that are basically falling for this. There is nothing cooler, America, than being free. Go to countries. I've traveled there. Just, I, I would love for some of these young people spend some time in China. Spend some time in Afghanistan. Live in countries that are under the thumb of oppressive regimes, like Saudi Arabia, where you can't even drive a car if you're a woman. Well, now the laws are changing a bit. I, I, you know, whatever. Some, there's some reform, thank God. But when I was a young kid and I lived there, you, no woman would drive a car or a vehicle. And you couldn't speak out against the monarchy. God help you. You could lose your life. In Afghanistan, how many people have lost their lives? And this is about it. What about voting? What about voting? Why didn't we see as many young people as we should have seen on Super Tuesday go out and give their vote? This is, people died for this. This is not just something that just showed up. Oh, we're living in a democracy. Great. People actually gave their lives in wars for this so that we could have this freedom. To vote in Afghanistan in 2014, women were actually losing their fingers when they voted. That's what the Taliban would do. What year was that? I'm sorry. In 2014 in Afghanistan. And even before, I mean, they would chop off a woman's finger to send a message. You're talking about six years ago? Yes. So this is what life is like for people in other countries. And when you think of oppressive regimes, when somebody tells you you cannot leave the country, that they will not grant you a passport to exit, imagine that. Imagine being stuck in a, on an island like Cuba and not even having a job that you can make significant amount of money, that you could take care of your family, where you're trading and bartering everything on the black market because that's what they do there because there's – no supplies or there's no food or they need medicine or the government of Cuba, the Cuban government wouldn't let it in. And imagine not being able to leave, not being able to, that would drive me crazy. That would drive me crazy. Yeah, but Be I got free healthcare, so I'm good. <laughs> free healthcare. Exactly. Right. You know, I'd rather not have it. I'd rather not have it. I'd rather be free. That's what I'm willing to fight for. That's what our men and women have been willing to die for. That's what our nation stands for. It's a beacon of light, a symbol of freedom, a symbol of freedom, a principle that we stand and live on. 
And I know today I'm, I'm just going to be me talking because I believe those essential freedoms are so important. And I want to hear from you and what you think. What is happening in our country where the pendulum swings and our young people believe for one reason or another that there's something better than this? That somehow if we change our system, if we become socialists, somehow it's going to be better for all of us. How is that even fair? You know, they talk about fairness and everybody should have. It's a human right. It's a this right. It's everything should be. It's not fair, you guys. It's not fair. When a government holds you down, puts their thumb on you, and then owns you. There is nothing about that that is right. And I'm going to tell you this. All you have to do is just take a good hard look at what happens to nations who give away their rights. When the people give up, when they give it away, when they ask the government to do everything for them. It's terrible. It becomes a terrible situation. The society degenerates. Because it's about family, it's about freedom. That's what we stand on. And that's why people show up here in the United States. And come November, we are going to have a choice to make. We have seen what President Trump can do. We've seen it over the last four years. We have seen an incredible surge in this country, a feeling of gratitude for being America and for being Americans that we haven't seen. In a long time. I remember uh, during the President Obama's administration, it was always we're leading from behind. Well, what the heck was that? What the heck was leading from behind about? I mean, it was like, what do you mean by that? You know, where we were always apologizing for who we were and for what we were doing on foreign policy level. Nobody respected us. I would go overseas. I would talk to Afghan leadership. I would talk to the Pakistani government. They did not respect that, folks. Because you have to stand up for your family. You have to stand up for your country. You can't apologize for your nation 24-7. That does not work. With President Trump, we've seen a reversal, like a 360. I talk to people overseas. You talk to world leaders. They have a lot of respect for him. And they really, really sincerely do because he defends his country publicly. He stands up for it publicly, and that makes a huge difference. Nobody's perfect. But that essential truth, that essential truth, that defense of of who we are and what we stand for and standing on principle, that's the beacon of light that people are looking at when they look at the United States of America. And this is a huge choice that we have to make in November. What are you going to do? Who are we going to be? What do we want the world to see when they see our nation? Do we want to stand up for those who have no voice? Because believe me, the majority of the world does not live like us. Even some of our poorest people are wealthy compared to the rest of the world. 
And that's a fact. And I just want you to think about it. I want to let you know that I appreciate everything you say, all of your comments at Sarah Carter DC on Twitter, and that I'm listening to you. Please email me, send me your thoughts, let me know what you want me to look into, and read our latest stories at SarahACarter.com. That's SarahACarter.com. And remember, in November, don't waste your vote. Vote no matter which way you go. Vote. Please get out there and vote. It's the most important thing you can do, and it's what our country, mainly what our soldiers and, and our founding fathers have fought for and died for. Get out there and vote in November. We are taking the story back. God bless.